Well, hey, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome back to the channel for this installment of Open Mic, the show where the mic is open, the floor is yours. What topics in this great big world of movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all that good stuff do you want to talk about? That is what we are here to discuss today. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia. Good to have you guys here. I'm joined in the studio by Ray Ora. Hey, what's up, everyone? Jonathan Voiko's here. Hello. Most importantly, you guys are here, and there are two different ways that you can get a question or a comment on the show for us to discuss. Uh, the first way you can use is anytime, 24-7 of the day. You can go to our tip link. That's simply at streamelements.com slash slash tip. You can send in your question or topic there, or if you are watching live right now, you can use the Super Chat feature there and send in that way. And if any of your topics or questions are, you know, appropriate uh, for us to be used on the show, then we will address them here on the show. Uh, I'm still reeling at the news of um, Tacey. Is there? No, no. Uh, yeah. Tavis. That's what they're calling the Taylor Swift, Kelsey, <laughs> uh, Travis Kelsey thing. Tavis is what they've been <laughs> That, You're way too into that, then. man. I'm, I'm telling you, I've just gotten really into the to the Kelsey brothers lately. I really, I just recently discovered their podcast, and I've gotten really into them. Actually, Ann and I are talking about dressing up as Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. She wants to dress up as Cal Travis Kelsey for Halloween. So uh, yeah, you might be seeing me wearing an Eagles jersey. I don't know. Um, anyway, so listen, guys. Before we get into uh, your topics and questions here, I, I want to talk about this because somebody wrote in an email to me earlier. And it's a question I get asked a lot. And probably you guys, if you're big movie fans and if your friend circles are good movie fans too, you've probably had this discussion, which who are the best directors working today? Now, this is a an evolving, always changing kind of list, right? Because we're very much a what have you done for me lately uh, group of people. That's, that's kind of what we are. But I thought I would throw up some names, and then we'll go into the chat. I'll look at the chat board, see what kind of names you guys might be throwing out there as well. And uh, here's some uh, here's some guys I think we should consider maybe the best directors working today. First one I'm going to go with is this one. I mean, obviously, Christopher Nolan's got me on the list, right? Like, there's, there's, there's no doubt. Christopher Nolan's, like, you may or may not think he is actually the best director working in the business today, but you got to admit, he's got to be on the list. I mean, and forget the Batman films. Like, even if you take those out, when you look at the his stretch of films that have been on there, and by the way, one of the biggest smash hits of the year, uh, probably the third or the fourth biggest box office film of the year, Oppenheimer, the number two highest grossing R-rated film of all time for Oppenheimer. This guy has shown he can do superhero movies. He can do historical period pieces like he did with Dunkirk. He can do really twisty sci-fi like he did with Interstellar. Uh, I mean... The guy is just incredible, and he can tell just about any kind of story in any kind of way that he wants. So I think Christopher Nolan has to be up there. Another one that I think we're all going to agree on uh, is Denis Villeneuve. I'm going to admit, I can't spell Villeneuve off the top of my head, so I'm Denis. not going to try. Uh, Denis Villeneuve, right? Ever since you know his earlier films to all of his latest films, Coast, you got Dune. And with Dune 2 coming out here soon, the first Dune won the most Academy Awards at the Academy Awards that year. Every time he's got a movie or project coming out, everybody's super excited about it. Everybody can't wait to see what he does with it. Uh, what he was able to do with the Blade Runner films with Blade Runner 2049, absolutely stunning, unbelievable. I don't think you're going to get anybody disagree that Denis Villeneuve's name has to be in the conversation, right? We're not saying he's the top, just saying I think we all agree his name's got to be in the conversation. Next one up. Uh, Martin Scorsese, <clears throat> right? Not just 
one of the greatest directors working today, one of the greatest directors of all time. The dude hasn't slowed down either, right? It's not like all of his best films were 30 years ago. The guy's still cranking them out. And one of the most highly anticipated films of the year, Killers of the Flower Moon coming out. One of the most exciting, one of the best looking potential films coming out this year. Looks absolutely phenomenal. He actually showed up at CinemaCon this year. It was a good, actually, and bumped into him at in Caesar's Palace. And the first thing my wife, Anne, if you know anything about my wife, Anne, she's short. And she was like, she said, I just ran into Martin Scorsese. I'm like, really? She was, yeah, he's really short. And for my wife to say that, that, uh, that says something. But I mean, clearly one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, one of the greatest filmmakers still going today. All right. Next up, I think, whose name do I put it? Let's go with Steven. Uh, Steven Spielberg, um, who I believe is the greatest filmmaker of all time. I, I think singularly the greatest fil filmmaker of all time. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he's the greatest filmmaker today, right? Like Tom Brady, greatest football player of all time, but was he the greatest player in his final season? Was he the absolute best player in the league in his final season? No, probably not. Uh, but you know what? Maybe he is the greatest filmmaker still today. Look, three out of his last four films, because what were his last four films? You had uh, Meet the Fablemans. You Just had Fablemans West Side too. Story. What's mm -hmm. that? Just the Fablemans. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that's right. Now, I keep wanting to say meet the Fablemans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Fablemans, you had West Side Story that I thought was the best film of the year that it came out. You had Ready Player One, which I loved Ready Player One. And you had The Post. Mm -hmm. Well, three out of those four movies all got nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. The Post, West Side Story, Fablemans, all nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. How many directors can say three of their last four? I'm not saying it's never happened, but how many directors can say three of their last four films nominated for Best Picture uh, at the Academy Awards? And then I think the other name, now these are just names that I don't think anybody would disagree with should be on the list. Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, right? I, I think we all agree Quentin Tarantino's name has got to be up there, right? I mean, even his last film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, won Brad Pitt, his Oscar, all that kind of stuff. He's one of the most celebrated, respected filmmakers out there, and he's still going strong. Again, when your last film gets nominated for Best Picture, not bad. So right now, um, I say the five names that I don't think anybody would really, like <clears throat> not anybody serious, would disagree that these names should at least be in the conversation. Christopher Nolan, Denis Villeneuve, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino. Um, I, I'm curious to know what, some names you guys think should be on the list. Now, uh, Jurgen in the live chat saying the Daniels, uh, one film, I, 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 as much as I loved, 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 loved everything, everywhere, all at once, passionately loved that film. I'm not, I'm not going to call somebody one of the greatest working day when they got one film on their resume. I mean, one notable film on their resume. So I'm not ready to put theirs up there. Uh, there's another good name. Uh, who just put it out there? The fanboy is saying, um, James Mangold. I like that name. I don't know that I'd say he's in contention to be the best director today, but when you look at his filmography, I mean, yeah, the the Indiana Jones movie he just did didn't do well at the box office. It was, it was a good little movie. It wasn't great. It didn't live up to the Indiana Jones standard, but prior to that, 
James Mangold has been freaking crushing it. Look at his filmography. It's nuts. So I, I kind of like that uh, name. Greta Gerwig. All right. Greta Gerwig is being recommended by Evan Jobo. Uh, hey, listen, number one film of the year in Barbie. She is already an Academy Award nominated filmmaker, two Academy times an Academy nominated filmmaker. Again, I don't think she's an automatic, but I like I like having that one up there as well. Uh, There's screaming James Cameron. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Bong Joon Ho being recommended by a few people. Listen, just look at the resume. He's got an he's got Oscar track record. He makes some incredibly great film. I'd say that name has to be in there. James Cameron. This is an interesting one. I, I don't know that I would put it on the list. Good Canadian kid, by the way, James Cameron. Um, he does so few films. But, I mean, their success. I mean, look, you've got one filmmaker. Here's the biggest thing to go on to the put James Cameron on the list argument. Three of the top four films in box office history all come from one guy. Think, like, seriously, think about that. That can't be stated enough. Three of the biggest films in cinematic history, not necessarily the three best films in cinematic history, but three of the four biggest films in cinematic history, all from the same guy, James Cameron. And I, I mean, his movie, True Lies, is my all-time favorite action film. Number one all-time favorite action film comes from James Cameron for me. So that's that's a good one to have in there. Uh, some people are mentioning Ridley Scott. Uh, I'm not going to put Ridley Scott on the list. He can Look, the, the problem with Ridley Scott is um, he's definitely in a conversation about all-time directors. Whether you put him in level A or level B or level C of like the all-time great directors... That's up to you. But the problem is he's in the last 10 years or so, he's put out a lot of bad films. He's put out some great ones, put out some bad ones. I'm dying to see Napoleon though. Like I, I, I can't wait to see what he does with Napoleon, but like his last couple of films, um, uh, uh, bu- 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 the last duel and Meet the Vajuchis. <laughs> what's, what's the <laughs> Meet the Venucci's. No, what's what's the name of the movie he just did? Gucci? House of Gucci. House of Gucci. Meet the Venucci's. That's a little uh, Sylvester Stallone Oscar reference there. Um, not universally celebrated movies. I liked The Last Duel. I liked House of Gucci, but neither of them were great. Right. It's he hasn't had a great film since The Martian. And it was a long time before The Martian since he had another good. Now, I, I think Napoleon looks like it could have a lot of potential. Um, oh, I like this one. Dr. Stinky saying Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, three of his four films. Who said that again? John? Sorry. Uh, Dr. Stinky said it. <laughs> I just like hearing you say that. Dr. Stinky. Sorry. Like let me credible rephrase. source. Dr. Stinky. Four. Of his five films are straight up spectacular, right? Air is one of my favorite films of the year this year. Uh, the Town, fantastic. Gone Baby Gone, fantastic. Uh, Argo one Best Picture of the Year at the Academy Awards. And even his film, We Own the Night. A, a lot of people speak disparagingly about that movie. I still think that's a pretty good movie. That's his worst film, but I still think that one is pretty good. 
So when you look at four out of the five films we've done are straight up spectacular, not to mention the Directors Guild of America gave him Best Director of the Year one year. Uh, yeah, I think maybe Ben Affleck's uh, name could be in that conversation. Um, oh, not We Own the Night. Uh, it's not We Own the Night. It's Live by Night. Yes. Is that what? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, when you look at this resume, I mean, it's pretty damn compelling. So but, uh, David Fincher. David Fincher's great. Yeah. Again, I, in the- I, I wouldn't put that in the A tier of the top conversation of the best directors right now. But I mean, David Fincher's fantastic. Um, He's in there with Cameron where they don't, he doesn't produce a lot. Of yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I, I agree. I, I agree. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's 10 names we have right now. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I, I mean, there's a lot of, we are very lucky that we have some fantastic directors today that are making films today. Uh, and a lot of other names I can get added to that list as well. Listen, we could, we could talk all day here about building this list more and more. I just thought it was fun. I'm going to say one thing, though. All right. I'm Please don't name the director of Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, 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 no. Okay. I think Jordan Peele is going to have a, a hold on the thriller horror genre in the next couple of years. That's what I think. I, I really like the... His, the the ment- mental thing, the, you know, the things that he puts, throws in there that are, it's just so different to me that I really enjoy his work is what I'm saying. He's not a, one of the greats yet, but I do think he's going to have a hold in that section. I I think he's got the potential. Here's, here's yeah, my, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Here's my problem. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a concrete what I'm right. saying, but I have a feeling for me at least that I'm going to like a lot of the stuff that he he's going to come out with in that sort of area. Cause I'm not a horror thriller f- fan. Right. You know, but uh, I'll, I'll go and watch his stuff. My only problem with Peel has been that w- us, not us, sorry. Um, uh, Get out. His first one. Spectacular. Loved that film. It was amazing. I did not think us ultimately was very good. And while I was really excited about, nope. <laughs> right. I didn't think Nope was all that good, to be honest with you. So, but but even in Us and Nope, even though I didn't really love either of those movies, he's got this feel for atmosphere. He's got this feel for like the tone of his films, like are really compelling. He's got to stick the landing, right? He's, he's just got to stick the story part, right? And with Get Out, crushed it. Us was an interesting idea, just not executed, I think, great. Nope, also an interesting idea, just ultimately for me kind of fell flat a little bit. But, I mean, I am definitely – and don't forget his uh, his uh, Twilight Zone stuff that he did. I, have, I'm going to be very curious to watch him develop as the years – Do you have go. one uh, under your radar that's like that? Like you can't really put him in the greats, but you're really looking out for their work? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. I love Guy Ritchie's work. Yeah, okay. Now, not all of his stuff is great. But when you look at Guy Ritchie, I mean, his his all I, one of the things I really love about directors and where they can show a diversity of of uh, content, like not just the same thing over and over again. And you look at Guy Ritchie; he can do like movies like Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. But then he can do something like King Arthur. King Arthur, which got a lot of crap. But I tell you, I like that, <laughs> that movie. movie's awesome. But I don't also, know what out of left field, he directs the Aladdin live action right. film, right? He's versatile. Like, and even I, I love Guy Ritchie, but when they announced that Guy Ritchie was going to be directing the Aladdin film, I'm like, really? 
Guy Ritchie, and he crushed that movie. And I even like his last one that nobody went to go see. Well, he's got two out that nobody went to go see. Is it he's that got that Jake operation? Gyllenhaal one, oh, okay. the Jake Gyllenhaal one, uh, where he goes back to rescue the guy. Oh, who's right, right. Uh, see, Covenant. Covenant and uh, Operation Fortune that he did with Jason Statham. Like, I... I thought those, nobody went to go see those movies, but I thought those movies were great. I really did want to see that Covenant. It just was in and out of theaters so fast. Yeah, I, so I was very, very late to the guy. I finally got around to watching Covenant. It's great. Think? It's really good. And Jake Gyllenhaal, again, kind of crushed it. So, I mean, okay. he's he's my dark horse name is, is uh, I wouldn't put him up there on the list with Christopher Nolan, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, but I, I really like Guy Ritchie's direction a lot. All right, uh, guys, we could sit here and talk names all day, but we're going to move on here. But before we start taking your questions that you guys have been sending in, we're going to take a second here and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of Open Mic, Rocket Money, and my new favorite dental health folks at Quip. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Rocket Money. Did you know that the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and they might not even remember to subscribing to half of those? If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. I recently just found out that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've completely forgotten about. Seriously, think about how many free trials you subscribe to that you just probably never canceled. And that's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money, because I was one of those people. When I signed up to Rocket Money, I was stunned to find out that a gym I had belonged to in another city I lived in, I had still been paying my dues to for over two years. Also, that music subscription service I use, yeah, I forgot I was subscribed to two other ones. That's where Rocket Money comes in because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved on average of $720 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash campia. That's rocketmoney.com slash campia. Rocketmoney.com slash campia. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Quip. Guys, you know that good health starts with good habits and Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials that you need to care for your mouth. For example, their incredible electric toothbrush. Guys, I've been using electric toothbrushes for years, and this is easily the best one I've ever owned. Time sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. A lightweight and sleek design for adults and kids with no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down. Reusable handles in a range of sleek metal hues, as well as bright plastic colors sure to make a pop on your bathroom counter. Skip the battery and snap into healthy habits with the new rechargeable electric toothbrush. All the features of the original Quip plus one magnetic charge powers up to three months of brushing. In addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, and gum refills every three months from just $7. So if you go to getquip.com campia right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, or water flosser. That's your 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water flosser at getquip.com slash campia that's g-e-t-q-u-i-p dot com slash campia quip the good habits company and thank you to our friends at rocket money and quip for sponsoring this episode by the way got got to mention as a side note first rocket money been saving me money now for quite a while but quip the one thing i've always hated about and i'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat with me uh doing with dental care is flossing hate it hate it often don't do it Uh, i really should but often don't um and water picks have been around for a while, but I'm telling you, Quip's water pick 
is awesome. And it's going to be great. The toothbrush, the toothpaste, the mints, the gum. It's fantastic. We're thrilled to have Quip as new sponsors. Go and check them out. Every time I glance up at, like, the corner of my eye, just to see, that Henry Cavill behind you throws me off. I think you're standing up. Oh, because he hasn't been there in a while. why is John standing up? (laughs) He hasn't been there in a while. He's he's standing there behind me now. Good to have him up there. Um, Okay. With that down, guys, let's get on over and start taking your questions and topics you guys have been sending in. Jonathan, what we got up first? Isaac Beebe says, uh, my mom, stepdad, and I watch The Blacklist together, and we love it. We are halfway through season five, and who should pop up in an episode but our own Aaron Cummings? That was a pleasant surprise. Also, James Spader is another actor who has an iconic voice. Oh, James Spader. I remember, I remember when they cast him to be the voice of Ultron. Uh, which was awesome. But I mean, I loved blacklist. It didn't, it didn't finish super strong. It didn't finish super strong, but that was a great show. And I I remember I got really excited because when I was going in to do the, uh, uh, the press for, uh, age of Ultron, I remember I got to be the MC and the moderator for the age of Ultron press day. And I, I, so I was up there at the head of the table with all the cast and getting to meet James Spader who like I've been a big fan of ever since um, Stargate, (laughs) ever since the Stargate movie uh, came out and would watch him in Boston legal and and stuff like that. But to sit down with red (laughs) to sit down with Raymond Reddington and his, even when you're sitting down and interviewing him and talking to him, his voice is so freaking majestic. It's, it's awesome. And by the way, keep an eye open for Aaron Cummings. Aaron Cummings uh, appears in that show as well. So keep your eyes open for her. All right. What's next? Uh, all right. We got Dan who writes, hi, John. So just like you, I enjoy the first few seasons of CW Flash. But soon after I tapped out, out of respect for the show, I saw the final episode and thought it was trash. Very respectful. Did you watch the final episode? And if so, what did you think? Nah, I I, I tapped out. I on a, I tapped out of the show and I tapped out, I think, late. I should have tapped out a little bit earlier. Um, but look, I will always look back at CW's last show with Grant Gustin and think of it as that was a show I really liked. And it stayed around well past its shelf life. It should have ended sooner. So I don't really have any desire to watch the stuff after it kind of went downhill. I just want to remember the show the way I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had its stronger seasons. It had its weaker seasons. But overall, I think it was a show that worked. And um, yeah, so I, I have no desire to go back and watch the final two seasons. I never watched the final two seasons. I did see a couple of clips of the final two seasons on YouTube pop up in my YouTube feed. I'm like, that doesn't look very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, no, I, I prefer just remembering the show the way I remember it, that it was a fun show. I enjoyed that show. I had a good time with that show and, uh, I watched it long enough. So I don't think I'm going to watch the stuff that I skipped. All right. What's next. All right. Shamrock vibe says regarding rugby. I know you don't do reacts, but hope you get to see a clip of the women's uh, rugby one day, especially you Ray. If you get to watch a clip together offline, would love to hear what you all thought. I used to play myself as an amateur. I here's the thing. I understand more of the rules of cricket and I know very, very little of the rules of cricket, but I know more about the rules of cricket than I do about rugby. All I know is that I love seeing the New Zealand all blacks do the Hakka. And those are some big burly manly men out there on that field, dude, but I know nothing about the rules. So I I don't think I'm going to be watching it anytime soon, but you know, maybe one of these days I should actually sit down with some, maybe I should invite somebody onto the show. Who's a rugby expert. 
and actually teach me the rules of rugby and then watch some rugby and see if I can get an appreciation for it. Anyway, sorry, Ray, you look like you're about to say something. Oh, no, 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 because I remember playing a rugby video game, but I was so lost in the rules too, but I didn't want to just, but I will, I will learn every single sport that's ever played on this earth. Did they have, uh, in the rugby video game, did it have a headbutt option? I, I don't. I don't remember. It was so long ago. I think it was on the PlayStation 2. I'm not sure, but all right, we'll see. What's Dick. next? <laughs> Duck Duck says, Buendia, guys. Jonathan, if you had to pick one and erase the other, which would you pick? Okay, Computer by Radiohead or Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. That's really strange timing because when I was at, um, at uh, Amoeba Records yesterday, I was looking at Okay, Computer, and I was like, do I have this on vinyl? And I, you know, I was just looking at that record. So it's really weird that you bring that up. Uh, I'll go OK Computer. I like uh, Nutrimilk Hotel. I like their song. Although one time I played it, one of my daughters was like, what the heck is this? But uh, if one <laughs> has to go, it's going to be uh, Nutrimilk and I'm keeping OK Computer. But so. where is Amoeba now? Because I still remember so, being right there on, on lo- Sunset across from the Arclight. Yeah, and I loved that location. But they lost that location. Yeah, so uh, now it's on... Um, so it was on Sunset. Now it's on... Uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. Yeah. A smaller location than it it's was? It's about a... Th- it's still large, but I swear it's like a third of the size. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, Darth Phil. John, so you have given up on Ahsoka. Could you elaborate on the No, reasons? I'm not going to talk about Ahsoka anymore. I've, I've already given all the things I need to talk about with Ahsoka. I, I've already said many times... I'm done talking about Ahsoka. Writing in questions to ask me to talk about Ahsoka is not going to get me to talk about Ahsoka. I'm not going to sit here and yuck on other people's yum. If people are enjoying it, I don't want to be the wet blanket. I want to just let everybody who's enjoying it enjoy it. And that's my final word on it. All right, what's next? Edwin, hey guys, I've said this before on Open Mic, but I'm really starting to think that Universal does not care about theatrical releases anymore. Just saw that My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 is going to digital on the 26th. Uh, This movie just came out last week. It that came, wasn't doing great, though. It came out, but I don't think anybody saw it. Yeah. Like, Ray, if, can you look yeah, up for me what did uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3? Listen, I uh, I love... Opening, it got 10 million. 10, okay. And so far, it has 23 million. All right. Or almost 24 million. You could just say 24 million. I passionately love the first My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I think it's one of the most special little movies ever made. I absolutely adore that film. Um. It's, I, I think I told the story before, but the guy who plays her dad and the guy who's always taking the Windex to everything, I, he and I took a film class together and like, we didn't sign up for it together. We just both happened to be there. And I had the incredible fortune of having lunch with him, uh, one of the days of, of the film class. And he was so sweet and so nice and so charming. Um, it just broke my heart when I heard that he had passed away, but that first movie's fantastic, but I mean, the second one was terrible. The TV attempted spinoff was terrible. And the trailers for this one haven't looked good either. I didn't see it. I mean, so I think the fact that nobody has gone to see it is telling them we've pretty much made as much money on this as we're going to in theaters. Hey, 24, 25 million bucks, great. But I'm not terribly... And listen, Universal is the worst studio when it comes to how quickly they're doing their turnaround time. They are the worst out of the bunch, and I think they're paying for it. And I think you're going to see them in the next couple of years kind of reverse that a little bit. All right, what's next? All oh, right, we got Amin who says, so Batman Day was on Saturday, and I was re-watching the Dark Knight trilogy, and a question came to mind. If he, Heath Ledger was still around, do you think he would have uh, been shown or used 
Joker uh, in the Dark Knight Rises. I feel like that was the plan originally. Yeah. He was. I think Christopher Nolan has confirmed that yeah. he that the plan was to use yeah uh, the Joker again. I I think it was. I uh, you know, it's the passing of Heath Ledger was just sad on on so many different ways. One of the real tragedies of it, though, of course, was the fact that he never got to enjoy the benefits of the greatest performance he ever gave. He won an Academy Award. Now, th there are some people out there who know nothing of what they're talking about. It's like, oh, he only won the Academy Award because he died. No, no, no. He he was going to win that award. He was going <laughs> to win that award. Definitely. Um, and he never got... Now, look, I, I'm on record. I don't think Heath Ledger was the greatest actor in the world. When he was really on his game, like he was in Brokeback Mountain, like he was in Dark Knight, he was world-class. Unfortunately, he didn't always bring his A game. There, there's a number of his movies that he was in that not only did I think the movie wasn't great, but I didn't necessarily think his performances were always great. So he's kind of hit and miss. But I just wonder if he had been able to live, win that Academy Award, maybe give that extra oomph of motivation, maybe think he could take his craft to the next level. I wonder how good he could have been. Because uh, when he was on his A game, he was world class, man. Like really, really, really good. All right, what's next? All right, some more on Batman from Inalo. Hey, John and crew for Batman Day. My theater played the Nolan trilogy. I was able to see Batman Begins in theaters for the first time. Nice. Because it was in theaters when I was five. <laughs> oh, you're young. Did any of you guys do anything Batman-related for... <laughs> Please, man. Me? I am... I'm Matt Reeves. Come on. <laughs> you direct Batman. I mean, how much cooler is it? I didn't... I wanted to go, but honestly, Anne and I both had so much going on this weekend. It, it just... Not to mention, here's part of the problem is that... You guys know my wife, Ann Campia, is soon to be Dr. Ann Campia. Mm -hmm. She's she's preparing for a dissertation. She's doing her doctorate program. But she has like five hours of classes that start that are on Saturday morning, starting at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. That kills a lot of our weekends for the next couple of years. She should drop out. School sucks. I know. School sucks. What are you, you know doing? What? I didn't do anything for Batman Day, but today I'll be doing something for National Cheeseburger Day. Is today National Cheeseburger Day? Mm -hmm. Who bestowed cent? a day to cheeseburgers? Uh, America. Me. <laughs> America. <Probably> me. <laughs> why don't, why not? There should be a cheeseburger day. There should be a regular hamburger day. There should be a hamburger with ketchup day, hamburger with mustard day, hamburger with everything. <laughs> so you can just Sensing have a theme. All the time. Sensing, you know, uh, actually, after we're done the show, um, Ann and I are going to go meet up with. Uh, Tommy and uh, and Ryan, I'm probably going to go to Yard House and watch some Monday Night Football. I'll, now, now that you mentioned it, I'm going to get a cheeseburger. Yeah, I wasn't it. going to, but I was going to get their Korean ribs. But instead, I'm going to get the cheeseburger. And if now. that's not filling, just stop by McDonald's, fifty cent double cheeseburger, baby. <laughs> All right, what's next? <laughs> Edwin writes, <laughs> what? What? I I love the words fifty cents. And cheeseburger in the same <laughs> sentence. There's nothing. You can't do anything wrong. Mix it around. It's still going to be Now good. I need an image of 50 ever, Cent and cheeseburger. Have you ever seen a topic come up that's gotten Reyes fired up as this? No. I've never, like, cent, even talk about the moon. Cents he excited. and cheeseburger. Have you ordered a combo from a fast food place lately? It's it almost like a... The, it ain't 50 cents. The, it's almost the price of a ticket, a movie ticket. It's like $15. Outrageous. So 50 cents for a double cheeseburger. Take advantage of it. Let's do it. All right. And Leonardo DiCaprio, liking yeah. your uh, liking your uh, jib there. All right, He's what's there next? Edwin, 
Hey guys, I'm back again with the strikes happening and the significant box office flops that have happened this year. Do you think that Hollywood will get it together moving forward? I want to hear all opinions. Bring on all of the filthy gentlemen, please. Well, here's the thing. Every I was having this discussion with somebody the other night. Yes, you know, Indiana Jones flopped. Yes, uh, Fast X. I mean, it made over $700 million. Can you look up the, yeah, the yeah, box yeah. office? I think it made over $700 million. I mean... It's hard to call something that made over seven hundred million a flop. I mean, if it had a leaner budget, it's yeah. at seven hundred, seven hundred and four million, seven hundred and four million dollars. Okay, there's something wrong with calling them. But I mean, it may, it may not because it cost three hundred million dollars to make. It may have actually lost a little bit of money. Um, yes, uh, Mission Impossible made what? Just the discrepancy in the Fast X between the domestic make. And the international. Oh, yeah. Nobody in America nuts. wants. It's 80, 20. It's 80 percent to 20 percent. Yeah. Nobody in America wants to see Fast and Furious anymore. It's <laughs> it's really weird. But uh, Mission Impossible. I mean, I think it made over. I think it got over 500 million. Can you double check yep. that? I think it got over 500 million, which is not far off the, the, the series. OK. Yeah. There have been some notable underperformers. It's at five, 566. 566 million dollars. OK. So well over half a billion. There have been some notable uh, underperformers this year, hundred percent. However, this is the same year that Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse nearly doubled at the box office. What it did with this first one where Oppenheimer is the second highest grossing R rated film in history, where the Mario brothers and Barbie. made over $1.3 billion where Barbie made over $1.3 billion. Where Guardians of the Galaxy made over $800 million. Oppenheimer crossed $900. Cr yeah, it's the, second, it's the second highest grossing R-rated film of all time. It's the best movie of the year. It, it is the best movie of the year. <laughs> For me. So far. I mean, we've still got some big ones coming yeah, out. Yeah, 912. But, so yes, there have been some notable underperformers, but there have also been some really big breakouts. So... I don't know that there's much there to talk about, except to say that it's been interesting to see which films have been the ones to really break out and which ones have underperformed a little bit. And again, listen, with Mission Impossible, I told everybody, no Mission Impossible film has ever made $900 million or a billion dollars. I mean, I, I don't know why anybody expected that it was going to be a billion dollar film. None of the movies in that franchise have ever done that. When you look at Indiana Jones, that is a movie that really finished its run 30 years ago. <laughs> and kind of came out of whatever. And I, well, I thought it would do better. I did. I thought it would do better. It shouldn't hit us. As, it shouldn't hit me as any big surprise that it didn't do a lot better. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. All right. What's next? You uh, stop talking about me. Yeah. You stop talking about me. <laughs> and don't show up late for my movies. Especially the first five minutes. All right. Erickson Garcia writes, on the Wanda Pietro question from the last show, what, do you, what you were thinking of was the exchange of Oh, you're right. For Ego and Negasonic. What are we warhead. talking about? So when Oh, when this is from Friday's the, show? Okay, no, this I wasn't is from here. earlier. The Fox and Disney thing, so they, they could have uh, Wanda. Right. Quicksilver and... Uh, Quicksilver and... Scarlet Witch. Yeah. The, they, uh, they were allowed to have Ego and Negasonic Warhead over at Fox, and then no deal was made for the Maximum Ops. They were always free to use them as long as Disney followed, you know... Guidelines, Protocol. like not calling them mutants. Yeah. Right. I just knew there was some kind of an agreement, some kind of arrangement that they had publicized what they were. Yeah. And I'm glad that they did. But again, that's <laughs> not something they have to worry about anymore because Disney bought Fox. Yeah, so no, that's all something all. they don't have to worry about anymore. Oh, you're giving us Quicksilver? Okay, we'll just kill him. <laughs> yeah, and then Wait, just buy, okay, but, buy all but, of you. But, but, but let me just say this about the, the Quicksilver thing Quicksilver is the one exception 
to the Marvel fake death universe. They actually killed a character and then left him dead. I think Scarlet's dead. Well, I only think Scarlet's dead. Because <laughs> of the lawsuit? Because, uh, oh, sorry, not Scarlet. I was thinking, I'm thinking Scarlet Witch. Not oh, Scarlet well, I mean Scarlet Johansson. Johansson. I, and I don't mean her, I mean uh, Black yeah. Widow. <laughs> but I mean, I think Scarlet Witch is dead because I don't think Elizabeth yeah. Olsen is going to come back. Yeah, I think Black Widow's. And Black Widow is it, But it took them like 85 movies yeah. to finally kill her off. It's when she was like canceling out her contract. So, all right, what's next? All right, uh, Wesley C., any optimism? No, none at all. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Any optimism for the state of fandom? More than excitement. I honestly dread online discourse of the uh, Abby actor once she's, oh, when she's announced. No matter what she looks like, how good an actor she is, or how good she ends up being in the role, hoping I'm wrong. Well, you know what? Just let the series speak for itself yeah, then. Man. It'll kick ass. Look, yeah, Heinz, everybody has tried to rewrite history. But I remember when they announced Pedro Pascal yep. being Joel. Yep. Right? <laughs> it's not my Joel. <laughs> you know, it was all over the place. I brought up a whole bunch of headlines. Remember? Uh, this was a while back, but I brought up a whole bunch of headlines. All these people. It's ah, not my Joel. And then when they cast uh, Bella to be uh, Ellie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? And, and listen. Part of that is perfectly okay because, listen, whenever you've got any kind of a beloved IP, right, we get attached to characters in those in that IP and we can have an idea in our own heads about what, what that might look like if they did a movie of it or what that might look like if they did a, a TV show of it. And when that, whenever the castings happens that don't match with what we had in our heads, it can be jarring for us as fans. I, I get that. There's a difference between feeling that initial jarring, though. But, but listen, this isn't a new thing. I mean, Twitter wasn't around, but when Hugh Jackman was cast as Wolverine, ain't nobody liked it. Everybody cried and whined and complained. When, when Michael Keaton was cast to play Batman, I mean, I was a kid, but I still remember the conversations that were going on. Everybody whined and moaned and complained. There it is. How's you do that face. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> that's that's exactly. <laughs> you whined and moaned and complained and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, at the end of the day, here, here's why I often say when people ask me about X actor and X roles, like, John, who should they cast me this? I always say this. I don't know how they're writing that character for this TV show or movie. I don't know you know, which aspects are going to highlight or which parts they're going to emphasize or which parts they're not and which parts they're going to, you know, take some liberties with. I just don't know. Because also we talked about a little bit earlier when they cast Heath Ledger to be Joker. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain Boys, Joker. Right? Everybody whined. About it. They all deny that they did, but I was there. I remember. So that's why today I just go, you know what? As long as I think they're casting a good actor, that's all I care about. That's all I care about. Do you cast a good actor? Because I'm going to trust that when it comes to the specifics of the character, that the director and the writers and the producers know what they're going for in this iteration of this character and that they believe that this talented actor is going to be a good fit. That, that's all that really matters to me anymore. But yes, 100% guaranteed whenever they cast Abby, there's going to be some whining. There's there's no doubt 100% there's going to be some whining. It, but it's nothing new. It's it's nothing new. 
All right, what's next? All right, moving on to supers, we've got uh, Rampage Predacon who says, Spielberg is the GOAT, Indiana Jones, E.T., Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Color Purple, Close Encounters, Jaws. Oh, and you can go on for another 15. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost count of how many films as a director. I mean, what higher thing is there than your film that you crafted and you directed gets nominated for Best Picture of the Academy Awards? I don't even know how many he's got. Six, mm -hmm. seven, eight? I, I mean, I, I just don't know. He's, and remember I told you a little bit earlier, one of the things I love most about a director who's, who's the director who doesn't just do the same kind of movie over and yeah. over again. He has done everything. Oh, he directed War Horse? Yeah. yeah. Not another film of his nominated for Best Picture. Oh, Fabulous cool. movie. No one ever mentions way. Empire Sky. It's one of my favorites. God, he's just, and my favorite Steven Spielberg movie nobody talks about, Amistad. Mm -hmm. No one Amistad. talks about that movie. It's my favorite Steven Spielberg. He can do it all. Every kind of movie. He's done it. Munich. And, and except for musical. And then he did West Side Story, his first musical. And it was the best film of the year, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, he's pretty incredible. Did any of you guys see BFG? No. I, I really it. liked BFG. Oh, okay, because it didn't make, it, it was a flop, Oh, it was right? a flop. Huge flop. Massive, massive flop. But I thought it was really charming. Not one of Spielberg's best, but I thought it was a really charming film. All right, what's next? J.A. Dub writes, uh, my picks for Abby, Jodie Comer, or Adele he Haynell, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, both are great. I'd rather have great talent that fits than just bulk. Oh, yeah, you don't you don't need to get somebody who's bulky. You, you don't have you don't have to get someone who's got that Olympic gymnast physique. I mean, it'd be nice if they did, but it's not important. The problem with your picks, because I love both of them, but the problem is they're too old. You need to get. I, I think max you get somebody who's like nineteen, maybe twenty, um, to play the role. So I'd like to see somebody skewing a little bit. Younger, because listen, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to say what I was about to say, because if you don't know anything about the story, I don't want to give anything away. Mm. But, but let's just say, I, I think it's going to be a real big challenge finding somebody, but I hope they get somebody a little bit younger. All right. What's next? Andy with a two-parter. Um, got to see the Dark Knight in theaters for the first time <laughs> ever. Next day, I watched the Batman in honor, uh, to honor Batman Day. Uh, it's amazing to see how different. These movies are, yet both understand Batman and Gotham in their own uh, unique ways, especially Matt Reeves' incredible take on sexy emo Batman. Uh, listen, the new The Batman is a very different take on Batman than, say, Nolan's. But I, I, this is one of the great things when you have these types of characters. Like, again, take Joker, for example. We've had several excellent iterations of Joker, whether it was Jack's Joker, who was 100% different than Heath's Joker, who is 100% different than Joaquin's Joker. But like, while all three of these Jokers were completely different, they were all quintessentially Joker. And we've got a lot of characters like that in, in fiction. And Batman, it's really cool because, you know, Tim Burton's Batman is very, very different from Christopher Nolan's Batman, which was very different from Ben Affleck's iteration of Batman, and which is very different from Matt Reeves's iteration of Batman. And... Um, it's just, it's really good seeing when you get to see good stuff put up, especially when they put their own unique spin on it. All right. Uh, you know what? We got more to get to, but before we do, we're going to take a quick second here, guys, and thank another sponsor of our show here today, my mobile service provider. Guys, if you're not using them, you're just wasting money. The good folks over at Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, 
Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone. But now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills, like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode. All right, guys, with that out, Ray's completely distracted now. We're not going to be able to get him back on folk. He just found out that Wendy's is having their one cent cheeseburger deal. One cent? <laughs> he says, put one cent and cheeseburger in a sense. <laughs> and that's better than the 50 cents and cheeseburger in one cent. Uh, All right, what's next? John Redcorn. Um, the Rock recently teased a match with Roman Reigns at next year's WrestleMania. Do you think it's going to happen and would you want to see it? Rock's 52 years old. Rock could be 65 years old. Have you looked at him? Just look at him. He's huge. I want to see it, but I don't want, then we'll know the title's not going to change hands. They're not going to give it to a guy who's there part time. Oh, they've never done anything like that. Yeah, they they won't. Of course do it now. they have, and of course they would. It's Cody Rhodes' year. That's what it is. I, it's going to be the return rematch. He's who, going to win. Who cares? Like, look, before Roman Reigns, right? The the titles would change hands every couple of months, right? It, it doesn't. Roman Reigns has had this, like this uncharacteristically long reign. They're going to go back to exchanging titles every few months. Like Cody Rhodes could have a title reign between now and WrestleMania, but if that's going to sell, you, I, I think hundred percent, they're going to have the rock versus Roman Reigns. That'll sell everything out yeah. like more than Cody Rhodes will. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and did you see that pop Dwayne Johnson got, but you, you know that, that, what happened with that rock thing was that was never scheduled. He was just in that area and he just decided to come through. But still, what a great surprise. I meant the show kind of went out of like, they took 20 minutes. Like the show wasn't what it was supposed to be, but it's good seeing him on in WWE. Always the rock. All sure. right. What's next? Joe Adonis writes. Hi, John, John and Ray. John, I have always wondered were the documentaries, uh, movie trailers, a love story, and the death of Superman lives eligible for Oscars or submitted for consideration. Thanks. Um, I could. I had the option to make uh, movie trailers, a love story, Oscar eligible. I just decided not to do it because who are we kidding? <laughs> I wasn't going to get anything nominated. So what would would have been the point? Uh, I and I don't believe that Schnepp. Schnepp also could have made it uh, Oscar eligible, but I don't No, I take that back because he did public screenings of it in LA at the Egyptian theater. So yes, the death of Superman lives. What happened would have been if he submitted eligible. for it, it would have been eligible for Oscar in the documentary category. It would have been, but, but not movie trailers, love story. Cause I didn't do what I would have needed to do. All right. What's next? Good question, by the way. Uh, real life entertainment says uh, just finished rebels for the first time. And I, and I haven't cried so much animated shows since Steven, 
Steven Universe? Yeah, Steven Universe. Okay, do you have any special Rebels moments? I I loved Rebels. I just remember the very very first episode of Rebels cuz I'm one of those I'm one of the the people that I didn't like Clone Wars. I I honestly I I've watched the series twice and I don't get why people like it. But what whatever, that's great. Like different strokes for different folks. We all have different that, that's the beautiful thing about the art. It all hits us in different ways. So when Rebels came out, I wasn't really sure whether I was even going to give it a shot. And, you know, they, I think they debuted it with the first two episodes, first two or first three. Mm. And I watched it, and, I mean, it, it starts off on Lothal, right? That's where it starts on the planet of Lothal. That's where the story begins, and that kind of becomes the center, really, of the story for many different ways. But I remember I got on the phone and I called Harloff, and he immediately picks up the phone and goes, are you watching Rebels? I'm like, and I told him, I said, I can't remember the last time I watched something that really made me feel like I was back in Star Wars again. And it just felt like Star Wars, you know? Um, so it was that very first experience with it. I mean, they did a lot of very cool things uh, with it, a lot of great things. I, I love the whole thing with, you know, who it turns, I won't give anything away, but who turns out to be the double agent. Kind of love that whole bit. Um, I just, I really appreciated the show a lot. I thought it was just really quite good. And you know, it's funny because it's made by the exact same people who made Clone Wars, right? It's the exact same people that made Clone Wars. And I didn't like Clone Wars, but I did really love Rebels. So it's, it's weird. All right, what's next? Uh, next is Fuel writes, John, have you heard of the game releasing next year called Black Myth Wukong? It's an adaptation of the Journey to the West story, and the combat as Sun Wukong looks absolutely insane. I haven't either. I haven't heard a thing about it. Never. Have you heard anything about it, Ray? You keep your ear I, to the ground a little bit more on the game stuff than I, I do. I believe I have. I, if if it's what I'm thinking it is, it's a... Uh, it's a... Uh, oh, yeah. You play like a... He kind of looks like a... Can I say? A, like a monkey? But he's a martial... Martial arts samurai monkey? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but I've seen footage of it. It looks really cool, to be honest. Like, look at... Look, it's almost like Planet of the Apes a little bit. I'll just bring up a shot and image here. That's a bad image, but... Uh, that's, that's that's kind of a cool... It looks like a Dungeons & Dragons character, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you, but that's actually a pretty cool looking It looks character. great. You remember that game Shadow of the Colossus I was playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Where it was the big giant. Yeah. It looks like one of those epic games where you run around and you fight people as this person i now i feel bad for calling him a mon monk is he a monk? he is he has a tail okay so he is a monkey all right yeah but, but it looked really cool and if it's a playstation exclusive i wouldn't i'm not surprised all right what's next um rampage predacon do you think a director who is best known for directing movies is or in a pre-existing franchise like star wars or marvel should be looked at the same way as other great directors that chose not to yes 100 percent Look, I often go back to this quote Kevin Feige told me when I was sitting down with Feige and James Gunn and I asked Kevin Feige, you know, why James Gunn to, why did you pick James Gunn to direct uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? He's never done anything on this level before. He's never done anything with this massive budget. He's never done something like this. And Kevin Feige said the simplest thing, but it was one of the best things I've ever heard. He said, a good storyteller is a good storyteller. Walking into the world of Star Wars your job is no different than walking into a small independent film about divorcing parents. You've got to find a way to make the characters compelling, to endear the audience to the narrative, 
and to tell a story that rivets us, excites us, and delivers an experience. It doesn't matter if it's a Star Wars story. Like I said, a little independent film about divorcing parents. It's irrelevant. You still got to walk in. And, and some might suggest, now, whether this is true or not is up to you, but some might even suggest that walking into a known IP, whether it's like a DC, a Star Wars, a Marvel, a Harry Potter, a James Bond, or whatever, some might even suggest that the task becomes even more difficult. Because now you're dealing with a lot more people's expectations and whatnot. So at the end of the day, yeah, I don't look at them any different. Because at the bottom line, whether you know the title on the screen and on the marquee or don't know the title on the marquee is irrelevant. Are they telling a good story? And if they do, they do regardless of the IP. All right, good question. What's next? Okay, we got King Daddy Goat who says, Kelsey uh, getting all the shake it off jokes. Sunday. Oh, yep, yep. They were they were going hard on Kelsey <laughs> with the whole Taylor Swift thing. But I mean, like I said, pretty soon he's going to have a breakup song written about him by Taylor Swift, mm. and it'll either be called "Sack My Heart" or uh, what was it? Rob was in earlier. He said they should call it something else. I can't remember. End zone. End zone. Yeah, <laughs> You're end now zone. in the something with end zone in it. It's worse than the friend zone. You're now in the end zone. Oh, I don't know. Something shake like it that. off. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's, he's, I don't know how long that'll last, but they, neither one of them seem like long-term relationship commitment types of people. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure it'll last that long. All right. What's next? Uh, Robert, uh, writes bottoms was really hilarious. Highly recommend it. Mm. It's got a lot of right. Everybody's telling me it's really know, good. Right. And I have not had a chance to get around to watching it yet, but everybody's telling me it's really, really good. It's comedies, man. All right, good year for comedy. I know. It's been a good year for comedy. Bad year for the box office. Bad year for comedy at the box office. Nobody went to go see these great comedies coming out this year, but it's been a really good year for comedy. All right, what's next? Joe Adonis writes, hi, John, John and Ray. Speaking of documentaries, are you familiar with Unhung, a, a cockumentary, their term, detailing one of man's length, trying to enhance his small ego after his girlfriend dumped him? I've never heard of it. Uh I can I can say two things. Number one, I've never heard of it. Number two, I'm glad I've never heard of it. Uh, so I don't. Maybe it's awesome, but no, I, it's never crossed my path. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Is that on All right, what's next? Uh, Spencer Smothers writes regarding residuals. I had justified them due to what actors have to do to just get a role. Should actors be paid at some point during audition process? You know, that's a really interesting. By the way, I don't care. I mean, like, um, there are there are a lot of fields that it's hard to get a gig, right? Ray, you and I have a friend whose specific job is making submissions and putting in bids to try to get their company the job mm -hmm. when they're competing against untold others, right? right. Uh, but I remember coming up in this particular negotiation, and I don't know that they ever formally put it on paper, but some people discussing that, should actors get paid for auditions? No. Now, granted, I, I say, let me, let me put a big asterisk beside me saying that. I'm not an actor. It's easy for me to say that because I've never lived the life of an actor, right? So let me give that huge, huge concession that I don't really know what I'm talking about. I've never done it, okay? So I'm giving this from the perspective of just an outside person who's a fan looking in. No, I don't get paid when I, you know, spend three weeks putting together, trying to touch up my resume and blah, 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 to submit for a particular job. Not that I've applied for a job in more than 20 years, but, but you know, when you spend time or whatever, trying to submit for, you don't pay. No, I don't think actors should get paid for auditions. I, 
I, I just, I don't agree with that. Now I can have my mind changed. If I, if I have somebody sit down and give me a really good, compelling argument for why I can listen to that, but no, I don't believe actors should get paid for auditions. All right. What's next? Isaiah writes, uh, sup, John, Izzy needs to work for a, a title shot again. In my opinion, he lost two out of three. Maybe he gets winner of Costa and uh, comes at uh, Strickland versus DDP would be a great one. Yeah, I, this is a, for those of you who don't know, he's talking about UFC. Israel Alasanya, also known as Izzy, the style bender, just lost his middleweight title. And he's lost two of his three, of his three last three fights. Uh, he lost two fights ago, lost his title, won it back in a rematch. And here's the thing. No, he should not get an immediate rematch with Strickland because Strickland kicked his ass. It's not like the Valentina fight where it was a draw, like it was super close fight or anything like that. And you got to run it back again. This was an ass kicking. Like he kicked Israel's ass. Israel lost two of his last three fights. No, he does not deserve an immediate rematch. He wins two fights against top 10 ranked contenders. Yes, then we can talk about him getting another title shot, but I think he needs to earn that back. All right, what's next? We got uh, Dildar the Glorious. It's frustrating when people get mad over what gets put in movies. I believe it shouldn't matter what's in a movie. It just needs to be good. Look, I could get drawn into... Uh, a discussion about, look, we, we live in an age where people have decided to bring their politics into movies. I don't like that you have that person in your movie. I don't like that this is a female character. I Like, we live in an age right now where, where these people have decided to politicize movies. And I've gone on that long enough. So, I, 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 look, telling a good movie, letting stories and directors telling stories and putting whatever types of characters in their stories that they want to, at the end of the day, as long as it's a good story, it's all that matters. Is it a good story? That's it. I remember there was a bunch of discussions about uh, Obi-Wan, which I did not like Obi-Wan, right? I liked one or two episodes. I really liked one or two episodes, but overall I didn't like the show. But I remember the crying bitch babies whining about the, the black inquisitor. There's a black girls and inquisitor. And I remember the conversation, they're focused more on being woke than they are about telling a good story. I was like, wait a minute, what? time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Okay. Hush, hush, hush down. Put the soother back in your lips. Okay. Calm down. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that if they had made the exact same show, but that black girl who played the inquisitor was played by a white male, but it was the same story. It was the same dialogue, all that kind of stuff. Does that make the show any better? No. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan wasn't a bad show because they had a black girl in a role. It was a bad show because it was a bad show. And, and if you replace that black girl with a white dude, it's still a bad show. That had nothing to do with it. Anyway, but it, it's redundant to try to talk intelligently to some people. All right, what's next? Uh, we got RDG writes uh hi john and crew i notice you guys love vegas any consideration in buying a vacation home out there um true story Ann and i talk frequently about maybe buying property in vegas but not as a vacation home but as an investment property um so i like i'm at that stage that i'm looking at what to do with my investments what am i investing in right now right that's kind of the stage i'm at and we we've thought a lot about buying an investment property, either in like Palm Springs or Las Vegas. Of course, one of the benefits of if we bought one in Vegas is that we could stay there when we go out and visit Vegas. But uh, yeah, have thought about it. It's, it's pretty tempting, to be honest with you. I don't know that we're going to do it, but it's tempting. All right, what's next? 
Uh, we've got uh, Joe Adonis, right? In, yeah. Hi, John. John Ray. John, a fan. <laughs> when editing, are you the type who lays the music first or builds the scene? Music always comes later. Music always comes later. Unless yeah, you're doing a music cut. video. No, unless you're doing a music video. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're doing a music video or a montage of some sorts. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, no, the, the visuals, you're telling your story with your visuals and that always comes first. Yeah. And then you find music that, that is best suited for what you're doing. So yeah, otherwise you're getting your priorities reversed. You don't put in the visuals to go along with the music. You find music to go along with the visual story mm -hmm. that you're telling. So, uh, that's my philosophy. Apparently that's yours as well. Yeah. I mean, when I was training and I became avid, like certified and all that, I mean, we had to be able to tell the same story without any sound. And then we could start mixing dialogue and then we could mix sound effects and then we do color. Music was last. Yeah, it's like, well, you were editing for the Fine Brothers on the React mm -hmm. channel, right? Was that your approach? Did you do the visuals first and then any kind of music underlay last? Um, we really didn't have a lot of music, but what we had was all of our uh, like dialogue and video game mix. That was last. Mm. First, first, we had content. And, the and what were their reaction? And we told a story with those reactions and with the people and pushed the narrative of the game further. Then it was all sound mix. That was like, I want to say, I mean, we were, we were open. We were free to either do color first or sound, but I think it sound took longer because I keyframed our audio. They were very particular on the audio, especially with The Last of Us play, Let's Plays. And uh, so I would do all my keyframing for my audio. Lastly was... was uh, picture like color but we didn't have much like music in those but yeah all right what's next um dildar the glorious uh where where are you at in baldur's gate three John, <laughs> i just made it to baldur's gate and it's insane with how much you can do there i'll take no it'll take days to do everything all right i have hit an impasse in baldur's gate three um i'm at moonrise tower and i've hit a spot in the game i can't get past no matter how hard I try, there's there's a fight that you have to go through that I cannot win. And I've tried it like a dozen times and I can't get back to it. I can't get through it. And I'm actually now considering restarting the game because I'm realizing some mistakes I've made uh, doing the game and like bypassing certain side quests and just following the main I think bypassing a lot of side quests and just getting through the main narrative, I've gotten to this point now where my characters have not leveled up enough that I can actually reasonably think I can win this fight. And I'm stuck now. For those of you who play the game, it's this fight with Zarel at, uh, at uh, Moonrise Towers. And I'm just stuck. And I think I might have to go back to the beginning and start again and just progress a little differently. But uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. All right. What's next? Okay. John Redcorn is next. Who's excited for Expendables 4? Excited Not going to say I'm excited about it, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to see it. Excited is a strong term, but. I don't know that anybody's excited for Expendables 4, but I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I'm going to go see it. I am. All right. What's next? <laughs> Dr. Stinky. Uh, hey, Ray, you like my name so much. Say my name three times in a row. Thrice is the key summoning me. I Sleepy Ray. <laughs> I don't think we want to summon a Dr. Stinky. Yeah, no, 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 we don't. I summon Dr. Stinky sometimes in the morning, sometimes oh, at night. Depending. He's got his own conjuring. <laughs> yeah. He does. Uh, thank you very much. All right. What's next? Neil before Zimmer. Uh, Nolan won't be best director until he makes a comedy that breaks the fourth wall and has one character not understanding the dialogue of another character. <laughs> I mean, look, but in all seriousness, I, we've talked about this before. I would really like to see Christopher Nolan 
Because as, as deep and as fantastic as he is, he, and he is awesome. I love Christopher Nolan. I would really like to see him change it up a little bit. I would love to see him try a comedy, a, a, a buddy cop thing, something different um, than what he normally does. I want to see him stretch his creative legs a little bit, flex his creative muscles a little bit, see him do something that's completely out of the ordinary from what a Christopher Nolan film is. I would love to see it. I don't know if he'll ever do it, but I would love to see him try. All right. I, by the way, I've said the same thing about Quentin Tarantino. Like, the DNA of a Quentin, as much as I love almost every single Quentin Tarantino movie, all Quentin Tarantino movies have the same DNA to them, right? They all, they all quintessentially feel like a Quentin Tarantino movie. I've said the same thing about him. I would love to see him step outside and try something a little bit different, which is one of the reasons why I got really excited when those rumors started going around that he may do a Star Trek movie. Because mm -hmm. I thought, I would love to see Quentin Tarantino do something different. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. All right, what's next? Hanzala Khan writes, um, thinking about starting a new sitcom, I've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Friends, uh, Friends, Big Bang Theory, Modern Family, The Office. So apart from these, any recommendations? Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's a great one. Parks and Rec. It's it's one of my top three all-time favorite comedy shows ever. Um, Modern Family, you, you put that on your list. Modern Family is a brilliantly written show. It's so funny. Uh, Sofia Vergara is great in it. Ed O'Neill is fantastic in it. It's a terrific cast, but it's the dialogue. It's the writing. It's so crisp and fresh, but Parks and Rec is one of my all-time favorite shows. I would say if, since he does seem to like stuff like Big Bang Theory, then I would say How I Met Your Mother. If you didn't like that, then I wouldn't, but How I Met Your Mother would be my suggestion. Oh, one other thing about Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. You really shouldn't do this, but I think you should start on season two. I think you like they just found their legs in season one and really figured out how the show works with season one. So it's it's very hit and miss season. I'd say just start right in with season two, and because because they found their legs by that point, and I think you'll have a good time. I that's how I started this. I started with season two. I never watched season one until like years later, but I would say start with season two. All right, what's next? All right, Abraham uh, Viegas writes. Uh, Elemental exploded on Disney Plus. First five days on Disney, it got 26 million views, yeah. 10 million more than The Little Mermaid. That's yeah, they said it's the biggest launch of a movie ever on Disney Plus. And that The Little Mermaid just recently hit like huge yep, numbers. Just, it just hit massive, massive numbers of 16 million, and Elemental has destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a, the little movie that could, had a terrible opening weekend. Terrible opening weekend. It looked like that movie wouldn't even like make $250 million. It went on to cross 400, 500. I can't remember how high it got, but just on pure momentum and legs, like the word of mouth kept going. It's a great little movie and I'm really happy to see the success. I'd had. be curious to see what the analytics are on this charter deal now and what the percentage of Thank new you, viewers are on the charter spectrum deal. Well, has that kicked in yet? Oh, is, I didn't. I figured it had. I don't even know if Disney Plus is available on because oh, they just agreed it. to have it. Yeah. I figure it's going to take them a little bit of time to, All right. from a back end techno, technology point of view, to get it actually put there. But I, I'm super happy for it. Really, really am. Um, so next up, we've got Jason Nelson who writes, "How does James Gunn survive with one movie next year?" Well, I mean, he's a he's a executive, so he survives just fine. He's yeah, he's going to survive just fine. Um, yeah. But but that's listen. He just took over. It takes years to get, this is why I always tell people, listen, when there's a big head of leadership thing change, it literally will take years for us to feel the impact of that change, right? So um, listen, they just know they're in a reset. 
Warner Brothers knows they have to do a reset of the DC universe because it failed. I'm sorry to everybody who loves it. There, I like almost every single movie in the DCEU, with the exception of Wonder Woman 1984 and Birds of Prey. I liked every single DCEU movie, but it failed. The DCEU failed, and they know they're going to have to have a reset. And that means you got to give, it's going to take James Gunn a couple of years to get the movies up and running and produced and out in theater. So, you know, it is what it is. They knew that was going to be the case when they went into it. All right. What's next? Shamrock Vibes um, writes touching or touch rugby. Wait, I think touch rugby is another validation. Yeah, but okay. All right. Touch rugby is another variation. Easy to play men, women, teams, all ages, fitness, no tackling. All you need is a ball. Uh, Think kids in uh, USA would love it. Well, it's sort of like tag football. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's I mean, had the, it's had a chance to have Americans pick up on it, and it has. Again, I'm not I'm not disparaging rugby. I, I don't understand the game. I don't know the game, so I'm not disparaging it at all. It's just that if it was going to catch on in the states, I think it would have caught on in the states by now. All right, what's next? Shamrock Vibes is back and says, uh, "I'm all for sports for fitness and mental health." Say what? Kids should be involved in sport. Boys, girls, whatever. There are so many, so many studies have been done that show so much benefit of kids being involved in sport. One of the best things my parents ever did for me is making sure I was always involved in sport. Um, There's so many lessons to be learned. There's social benefits to it. There's mental benefits to it. All kids should be involved in sport. Not all sports, but all kids should be involved in sport to some degree. There are just too many benefits of it. All right, what's next? Uh, we got John K who writes big year for WB Barbie and the flash made over 1.6 billion worldwide. <laughs> Barbie. And of course, 1.5 of that was Barbie. <laughs> 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 I like that. That's really well, well let's done. Face it, it was a big year for blue beetle too. Then yeah, that was also a huge year for yeah. blue beetle. Yeah. Massive. All right. What's that. next? Redeemer writes, did Luke beat Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi or did Vader let him win? Saw someone say that Vader let Luke win. So you can say words. It's easy to say words. See, it's easy to say words. No, Luke defeated Vader. Luke defeated Vader. You can say that, but that's great. That's a great theory, but there's nothing in canon that would remotely suggest otherwise. He tapped so. into the dark side a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he yeah. was starting to get why, in the dark side. Which is why he threw his saber down. He's like, no, yep. I see this trick, Emperor. I'm yeah. a Jedi, like yeah. my father before me. Yeah, he had his come to Jesus moment. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, Luke defeated Vader. All right, what's next? All right, last one here. Uh, Samir uh, Makani writes, Campia, we may not agree on much, but one thing we always see eye to eye on <laughs> is In-N-Out Burgers is trash, Shake Shack, and Whataburger for life. I actually like Five Guys a lot. Have you five, guys five Guys is also pretty good, but Shake Shack is, and love Shake Shack. And they, I, I agree. I think they have really guy's name? for for Samir. for fast food Samir. burgers. Shake Shack is really, really good. Honestly, I even though it's not highbrow burger, Red Robin makes a good burger, man. I, I've I've really gotten. I've been. I was introduced to Red Robin burgers. They're a little bit more gourmet burger, but not the the mo, most foo foo of gourmet burgers. I, I really like Red Robins, you but I love that foo foo. A little bit of foo foo. <laughs> All right, guys. And that'll do it for today's installment of Open Mic. Thank you so much for being here, making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported our channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Don't forget to come on back and join us for the John Campus Show tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe and like to the videos. And also, don't forget, guys, Open Mic 
is on the same podcast feed now in an audio version with the John Campy Show podcast. Go and subscribe. And that's really the main avenue of our shows now is our podcast feed. Go and make sure you subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app of choice. And again, both the John Campy Show and Open Micro on it. Go and subscribe to it so the next time you're on a drive, you're in the gym, or you're at work, and you just need an audio version, it'll be there when you need it. All right, that'll do it for us, guys. So for Ray Aura. Cheeseburger, baby. <laughs> Jonathan Voico. Yeah, cheeseburgers. My name is John Campion. Until the next time, my friends, foo-foo. <laughs>